This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. How's it going? My name is Doug Parker. You're listening to Cruise Radio, a review of Norwegian Breakaway today. Also, staff writer Richard Sims is here with Cruise News, so we will jump right to him. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. It looks like the cruise lines have been caught up in the 2020 cancel culture. Yeah, that definitely. That's a great way of putting it. This is one of those stories, and we're going to have a couple of these today. Where on the surface, it seems like a bad thing, but it's really just more forward momentum. So basically at this point, yes, every cruise line sailing out of North America has been canceled for the rest of the year. Um, So that's the bad news. The good news is that the reason that this is happening is because the CDC dropped the no-sale order. Now, I know what you're thinking, and that is, well, if they dropped the no-sale order, why aren't we sailing in December? Well, that's because they replaced it with a different type of order that's basically set up a situation where the cruise lines have to go through a certification process. And they won't be going through this like in mass, like it's not like all Carnival cruise ships will go through this certification program at once. Every ship has to go through it individually. So let's say the Carnival Horizon wants to sail out of Miami before they can do that. They have to get in touch with the CDC and give them a 30 day notice saying, you know, look, we want, we think this ship is ready. We want to put it through its paces. They then will do a simulated sailing Um, During that simulated sailing, all of the different protocols and stuff will be in place. Uh, There will be – presumably there will be CDC reps checking to make sure that they know what they're doing, that the crew has been trained, that everything is safe. And then once the ship is certified, then it will be able to um, begin taking passengers. So every ship has to do this individually. They also have to get all of the crew that they spent ages repatriating to their homes. They have to get all those people back on the ship. They have to have them go through the two-week quarantine. Then they have to be trained on the new protocols. So there's a lot that needs to be done. And, you know, maybe theoretically – Some of the cruise ships might possibly have been ready to sail in December, but they're really kind of, you know, taking this as slow as they need to, to make sure they get it right. Uh, Richard Fain, who is the CEO at Royal Caribbean Group, put out a video to travel advisors uh, this week that basically said the same thing. He was like, you know, listen, this is good news. We're on the way. We're getting closer and closer and closer. But we don't want to rush it because I think everybody in the industry knows if they get it wrong, it's going to be disastrous. So, yes, the ships have all seen there's going to be cancellations. If you had a cruise cancel, if you had a cruise scheduled for December, it is canceled. Consider it canceled. You know, you'll get your refund or your future cruise credit or whatever arrangements you make. But we're now eyeing 2021 as when ships will sail again. I guess the big question that all the cruisers want to know is who is going to be on these sailings? I know I have a friend who works at Disney Cruise Line, uh, part of the Shoreside team, and he said as soon as this announcement dropped, they sent out emails asking for volunteers for Cruise Line employees and their families. I'll tell you what, uh, that is the big question. You know, um, immediately after this news came out, if you went on John Heald's page, you, who is the brand ambassador for Carnival Cruise Line, you just saw post after post after post of people saying, 
you know, how do I volunteer? Get me on a ship. And that really, that goes to what all of the cruise line executives have been saying for, you know, months now, which is that there's so much, you know, pent up desire to cruise again. So we don't know specifically who will be allowed to sail on these ships. We do know that there are certain requirements. They have to be over the age of 18. So, you know, even if you are volunteering to go with your family, nobody in that party can be under 18. They have to go through a health screening. You know, they have to make sure there's no like pre-existing conditions. They have to sign a waiver basically saying that they know that cruising during a pandemic is a dangerous thing and that the various protocols being used on the ship have not been tested because of course that's what they're there to do. They are you're basically offering to be, in the nicest way possible, a guinea pig. You know, they are going to, they'll just have rolled out their new health protocols and they need to do test sailings to see how well they'll work. So nobody with health issues will be able to go. Um, and it can't be anybody who, while while it can be people who work for the cruise company, it can't be a situation where the cruise line basically says, hey, listen, this is part of your job. Either you go on this cruise or you lose your job. It also can't be something where they offer to compensate you in the future. They can't say, um, you know, listen, um, Doug, if you go on this cruise now, we'll give you $700 later. It has to be a completely voluntary thing on every single level. So um, I'm sure at some point we're going to get more information about who can go on these simulated sailings. I'm also, I have absolutely no doubt that Doug Parker, you will be on one of these simulated <laughs> sailings at some point. I have no doubt about it. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I mean, I have an article up about that called The First Cruise Ships to Sail and Who Will Be Allowed on Them at CruiseRadio.net. And part of that framework, Richard, was the uh, CDC saying cruise lines need to have a laboratory on their cruise ships. And it looks like we're seeing the first one. Yeah, this is on Viking Cruises. Uh, I think we're going to start seeing this on every ship. It's a little bit interesting. Someone brought up the point the other day, and they were being very sarcastic because, you know, as we move closer to resumption of sailing, there are two different factions out there. There are the people who are very excited about this, and then there are the people who are like, are you insane cruising during a pandemic? And the people who say that, um, some of them brought up an interesting point that there are places in this country where you still can't get a covid test very easily and yet we're setting up a situation where you know the cruise lines are saying basically anybody whether it's crew or passengers will be tested possibly you know several times during the course of a cruise and that's that's a little odd they'll have to make individual arrangements to buy these tests in in massive quantities but right now yes we're seeing this viking has the ability now or is kind of implementing the ability to test people on board. And I have no doubt that that's something we're going to see across all of the ships over time. I think that's another reason you're going to see the the sort of slow rollout is that is going to be one of the harder things that they have to do. It's easy to like separate the tables in the dining room. It's, it's easy to, you know, make everybody wear a mask. Theoretically, the hard part is, you know, having to retrofit the medical facilities, having to put any barriers in place that need to be there. So that's where another reason that we're going to see things, you know, sort of slow down, even as we're moving forward at this point. And during the shutdown, it looks like Port Everglades has been completing work. They have. This is a story that on its surface is not really all that exciting. You know, it's like, oh, look, they've created a, a they will have a escalator that will 
whisk you from one part of the building to another in comfort and air conditioning. And, you know, and in 2028, this terminal will be completely refurbished. And there's a lot of little details that on the surface are sort of like, who cares? But what it really means is, look, we're moving forward. You know, we're every single thing that the industry is doing, whether it's the cruise lines or the terminals or the terminals in conjunction with the cruise lines, it's all moving with one goal in mind, which is getting things prepared for people to come back. So, you know, there, we also got pictures this week of some of the details that are being done in the Disney cruise terminals, you know, it's Disney. So there's lots of cute little, you know, cute or kitschy, depending on how you look at it, fun details. Again, nothing groundbreaking, but all of it very exciting from the point of view of, you know, buckle up because we're starting to move forward. Okay, well, it might not be a big deal to you, but when you're hungover as hell coming off a cruise ship at 8 a.m., I'll take one of those moving walkways to whisk me away back to my car. Well, I think we both know that I have never been hungover come on <laughs> off a cruise ship. That that simply is not me. That's not my style. They also installed some social distancing signs up there at Port Everglades uh, just when you walk outside the terminal, reminding you to stay six feet apart. So we have that going on. All right, so our last talking point here kind of segues into our listener question this week. So to kind of kill two birds with one stone, I'm going to read the listener question, and then we'll go into this Bahamas health visa. So our listener question says, our Bahamas cruise was canceled for December. Can we still fly to Nassau, Bahamas? And that's from April in Missoula, Montana. And uh, our last talking point here talks about the new Bahamas health visa. Yeah, so there's a couple of things going on here. First of all, sorry, your cruise was canceled. I feel like we have to say that every single time somebody <laughs> writes to tell us that their cruise was canceled. Uh, we feel your pain deeply. But the Bahamas is a constantly changing hotbed of activity. So, you know, yes, you can continue to go to the Bahamas. Yes, you can fly into the Bahamas in December as of now. Um, one of the things that Richard Fang talked about in his video that we discussed earlier is that the situation is changing around the world. And so no matter where you're going, it's really important to be aware that your plans could change at any moment. As of right now, what the Bahamas has in effect is they have basically a health visa that you have to buy. Um, how much it costs depends on how long you're going to be there. And the first step of applying for the health visa is that you have to get a uh, get a test that comes back negative of course if it comes back positive you're not going <laughs> to let me let me just tell you right now if it comes back positive they're not going to let you in you get a test it comes back negative and you there's a form that you have to fill out and you submit your negative test along with some other information all of this can take up to 72 hours so you have to really plan in advance this can only be done. The test has to have been done within five days of the day you are set to arrive in the Bahamas. There are a whole bunch of other rules um, regarding this and regarding what happens once you are in the Bahamas and the rules that need to be followed. The best advice I can give you is that you should go to the website travel.gov.bs. Yes, I know it's a little strange that they're that they have a BS <laughs> extension, but that is apparently the Bahamas extension. So you go to travel dot gov dot bs and that is where you're going to find all of the most recent information and it's really important this is not like a year ago where you know you could just go somewhere you could just get on a plane and go to the bahamas or you could get on a cruise ship we wish and go to bermuda 
anywhere you want to go now, it's really important that you understand the protocols that they have in place, the rules they have, you know, because if you, if you, you might find a plane that you can get on and fly to the Bahamas, but when you get to the Bahamas, they're going to say, you didn't apply for a health visa. Sorry, turn around and go back home. So they will not let you in without going through these steps. So once again, one more time, let me give you that address. It's travel.gov. BS. And it's really important to check that out before you head to the Bahamas. Yeah. And those prices are, I think if you're up to four days, it's $40, uh, five days and more that health visa costs 60 and for children 10 and under it is free. So no charge there, but yeah, it, it's clearly says if you roll in there and you don't have a health visa, you're going on that plane and going right back to Miami or wherever you came from because they're not letting it's you in It's also the- really important to know that they take the whole mask thing really seriously. Yeah, big fine. If you, if you are seen without a mask, um, you can be fined $200 or put in prison for a month. You can literally <laughs> be imprisoned for a month if they catch you without a mask. So really make sure you know what you're walking into and what you need to do before you get there. And I was actually considering going to Bahamas. And one thing I was checking out, too, is that as of right now, so the first week of November, the Atlantis Resort isn't open yet. But it looks like on their website, they're starting to take reservations starting the first week of December. So uh, if you're, you, know, you have your eyes set on Atlantis uh, over there on Paradise Island, be sure to check the website. Um, just make sure they're open when you're going to be there. It, it's also important to recognize that we don't know anything about where cruises stand in mm-hmm. the Bahamas. There has, they are right now in the third phase of their you know their their opening but we don't know when they will move to the phase which will allow cruise ships to return so it's sort of it's sort of a a, a catch-22 on the one hand cruise ships are waiting to return and they're hoping to sail to the bahamas on the other hand the bahamas is sort of waiting to see how the situation is in america and what um what kind of protocols are put in place there's you know that's that's the other thing to keep in mind about cruising right now is wherever you're going to go the protocols there have to be taken into account by the cruise line and the cruise line has to negotiate with them so that's why things are taking a while a very good perspective staff writer richard sims thank you buddy always glad to if you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. A few months back, Madison and her husband took their honeymoon cruise aboard Norwegian Breakaway out of Port Miami, and Madison joins us on the line. Hey, Madison. 
Hi, Doug. How are you? Good. Now, before we get to the cruise ship itself, you're up there in Philly. And this was, we were talking before we were uh, on the interview here, and you were saying that this was your husband's first cruise. Did that play a part of what your honeymoon was going to be? Yeah. So um, it was his first cruise, and I was a little nervous. He's never, he went on a boat before, and he got a little bit sick. So mm-hmm. I was really nervous, honestly, that he was going to, you know, get sick and not have a f- good time on the honeymoon. But I was willing to chance it. <laughs> so <laughs> I just wanted to bring him somewhere too that was out of the United States. Um, he, this was his first time going out of the US borders as well. And it was actually flying to Miami. So I thought we could probably have a few days in Miami too, as like pre-cruise fun. So okay. went from Philly to Miami. You did a little bit of uh, pre-cruise fun, as you call it, in South Beach, probably or around Miami, and you go to embark on Norwegian Breakaway. How was the embarkation mm-hmm. process? It was really good. I mean, they always get us in and get us um, on the boat. Unfortunately, and I, I'm a Norwegian cruise line fan. I've only really ever sailed on Norwegian. Getting through to, you know, get to our seat and wait for boarding was pretty quick. I would say maybe like five, ten minutes after we went through, um, you know, the scanning of all of our stuff, mm-hmm. you know, ourselves. But the computer system actually went down on the cruise ship. And they weren't able to scan our boarding passes. So it took about, I would say, an hour for them to get that boarding system back up. Mm -hmm. And you could just tell, like, there's tension in the room. Everybody was kind of mad because, you know, I got there at 9 o'clock in the morning because we were just really excited. And we wanted to sign up for the Vibe Club. So... I was like, Nick, we got to go. And, you know, we get to the point and you can't get on because the system's just totally shut down. So everyone was kind of getting antsy. You know, they're like, don't don't get up in line. But I was like, Nick, we got to get up in line because we need the vibe club. Like, this is like what I've been waiting for. So, yeah, we kind of broke the rules there, but they didn't yell at us. We just, you know, stood there and eventually maybe an hour, an hour and 20, 30 minutes later, we were able to get on the boat because the system was working again. And we ran to the front desk, got the Vibe Beach Club passes, and then we went upstairs to go eat. So while you were sprinting around the deck looking for your Vibe Pass, what were your first impressions of the ship? You know, the breakaway, getaway, um, that kind of class doesn't have that big entryway, but they had like a little bit of a party out there almost like um, everybody that, you know, all the workers, there's music and they're dancing and singing. And, you know, there's a big like entrance like that way, but there's no atrium or, you know, you're kind of just going into the hallway. Yeah, they've kind of done that a lot with their breakaway and I guess breakaway plus class ships like that too, where you kind of just you just walk into a hall, right? Like off of the, yeah. the deck and it's just like, okay, there's like just a wooden corridor where you have to either go left or right to find something. Yeah. And there's like elevators there, which is fine, but you know, there's such a big line and I feel bad, you know, taking up anything in an elevator when right. other people actually need to use it. So yeah. one of our goals all cruise long is to only use the stairs. And unless we're like, you know, it's like a really big floor difference or if we're not, able to walk up the stairs at <laughs> sure. point because the drink package then we would just you know use the elevators but that's definitely like our exercise kind of thing on a cruise ship so you go to your stateroom what kind of stateroom did you book for your honeymoon cruise and what did you think of it 
we booked a mini suite and my first impressions were, you know, it's pretty big for two people. The bathroom is gorgeous. It's a little bit nicer than a um, balcony, but not by much, I would say. The balcony, of course, is beautiful. And we had the one queen bed put together. And then there's a little couch off to the side, Mm -hmm. um, right by the door. And then I can't say enough about that room. Only thing is if you're getting the beach vibe club, then I feel like we didn't use it enough, almost because we were upstairs all the time. So, you know, like I'd go outside and have coffee on the uh, balcony. But by the time Nick woke up, it was, you know, we were like, all right, let's go to the beach vibe club. And we didn't really sit out there too much. With the mini suite, is that the one that has the bathroom with the his and hers side and sinks? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then it has the nice glass doors Mm -hmm. and even the toilet's kind of like in its own separate little area. Right. So you can like close a door within the door in the bathroom. And was the balcony balcony much larger? I wouldn't say it was that much larger, honestly. I mean, it only had the little chairs, like not even like a lounge chair and it had like the uh, stools that you could put your feet up, but it wasn't a big like lounger. I think you have to get the uh, aft balconies for that, the mini suites or the extra large balconies. I gotcha. So let's talk about the dining on this cruise. And of course, Norwegian is basically eat when you want, where you want, as long as you have a reservation for most places. Um, Their main Mm -hmm. dining room experience, we'll call it, they have three mini main dining rooms, if I'm remembering this correctly. Was it Savor, Savor, Taste in the Manhattan dining room? Yep. And we we hit just uh, not Taste. We hit Savor in Manhattan room. And we also went to Sheehan's one night, too. Cool. Now, so, are the menus the same exact in all three dining rooms? They are in some like portions of it, but they do have like one or two different things on okay. the menu as like their, their specials yeah. per se for like the Manhattan room taste or savor. But sure. it's basically the same. Okay. And then you were telling me you went to three specialty restaurants on board. Uh, mm-hmm. Which three did you go to? And give us like your favorite. Um, so we went to Tempanyaki and love that we had scallops and we had shrimp and calamari, you know, on the their hibachi grill right in front of you. Really interactive. As long as you get at like a fun group of people, the mm-hmm. other group that was with us kind of just sat there and was like, oh, like, you know, I just uh-huh. want to eat and leave. And we were we were trying to have fun. The food is excellent. And Tempanyaki always has been. I've gone to Tempanyaki on other boats, too. And this is just as good and you know it's always always a little treat so that was really good and then we went to moderno moderno is the brazilian like steakhouse where they bring the meats around and they have the biggest salad bar and unfortunately the salad bar looked so good to me that i ate so much of it and Mm -hmm. i didn't have that much of the meat but i mean i had some it was it was just so much food like i literally like had to be wheeled out of there almost (laughs) Felt really, really heavy. <laughs> with that, with the Brazilian steakhouse in Moderno, are yeah. they just walking around with how I'm picturing it, like with just big chunks of meat on the sticks, and they either carve it off or just put it on your Literally. plate? Okay. Yep. And there's different. It goes like, I guess like the more well done, like ends are on top, and the mm-hmm. more medium rare are on the bottom. So you can even choose like if you don't want pink steak, you don't have to, and 
then there's, you know, medium rare if you're more into not as well done. So it gives you so many options. And I mean, there was so much food from like little sausages to chicken to filet mignon, everything in between and the salad bars, like a vegetarian honestly could eat there. And it's crazy that it's a steakhouse, but a vegetarian would find so much to like have there as well. Yeah, those Brazilian steakhouses, at least here on land, they can be dangerous. It sounds the same at sea, though. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, totally dangerous. Good to know. And then your last so. restaurant was um, Ocean Blue? Yes, and Ocean Blue was amazing. It was, they gave us like a little card for our honeymoon, and it was, you know, really cute how they brought this little cake out, but that was at the end. But it had um, happy, you know, marriage, and it was really freaking cute. But um, the, Food that we got there was seafood, of course, because it's ocean blue. So I had um, some calamari, but it wasn't like fried. It was actually um, grilled. And I'm trying to think what Nick had. I think he had little clams. And then we had seafood pasta. And I had a surf and turf that night. And everything was just amazing. The food is phenomenal there. It's definitely worth to, if you have um, a dining package, Mm -hmm. which that's what we had um, to go to Ocean Blue because it's definitely a treat. Definitely high class. With Ocean Blue, do you get to, like, is there a cap? Like, let's just say you can order anything up to $75 for the whole experience, or is it like covered, you get a appetizer, a super salad, and an entree and a dessert? So it's the um, super salad and you also get like another appetizer and then you get your meal and then dessert came with it. But we had um, the honeymoon cake for that. But you could order more. Um, All you have to do then is just say like this is, you know, the one that I'd want to pay for. And they would just tack that onto your card. But I feel like our server, he was like, well, if you want something else, you could get something else. Like I think it's up to the servers, too. Gotcha. Uh, the the buffet on board the ship is called the Garden Cafe. How was your experience up there? Mm-hmm. It was really good. Um, that's the first thing that we went to to eat just because we wanted to get right up to the Vibe Club and look around. So we ate there. They have breakfast was really good. We ate there. Um, some days, some days we did go to the um, main dining rooms too to eat, which is really nice if you know you're just in it for a uh, nice um, sit down breakfast but never felt crowded always clean I never saw any like empty plates um, sitting around and everybody you know came around with a smile they even brought um, if you wanted waters they were coming around with like water pitchers too so it was really nice as far as the entertainment on this seven night cruise what did you think of it for entertainment we really didn't go to um, like a theater production or anything per se We just didn't have time, whether it was, you know, we were in the Vibe Club, we were at dinner, or um, they had a cigar bar, and Nick's really into cigars. So we would actually sit there, like, before, after our meals, and just kind of talk to all the people there. So that was kind of our entertainment. We also did bingo. We won. That was fun. Nice. Um, And the casino, uh, we went there a lot, and that was part of our entertainment. And the Vibe Club, of course, was our entertainment. But there was so much to do. Oh, we also went to that glow party that was back in H2O, and that was a really good time. So they, they did a, a really good job of getting everybody on their feet and dancing and, you know, just kind of letting loose. And it was all ages back there. So, 
How was the crowds and congestion on sea days aboard that ship? I really didn't feel like it was that crowded. And it was definitely a sold out ship because I had looked just before we left to see, you know, I like to see if there's still rooms available just so I can gauge like, all right, it's going to be really crowded or it's not going to be crowded. I thought that everybody was very well dispersed. We always got that daily newsletter under our door. And I felt like there was so much to do that, you know, it kind of piqued everybody's interests um, in different ways. So they had so much variety that we didn't really have to worry about big crowds. And we were also in the Vibe Club a lot. So there's only 60 people allowed up there. So Mm -hmm. we never... We never saw a crowd. The only time I did see a crowd was by the pool deck, and that was the sail away party. We looked at that, and we were like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy that we are going up to the Vibe Club right now. Got up there, and there was 20 people up there. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, what advantages, aside from there being fewer people, and that might be the key draw, but like, what advantages, because you're paying a premium for a Vibe, so you would say it's totally worth it then? Oh, 100%. It was... Around $250, I'd like to say, for each person, which is a little bit steep, but, you know, we already had the drink package. So as long as you have that, I feel like it's so worth it. Um, The bartenders are the same every day. Hector was one of the main bartenders, and he literally knew our drink the first day. So he would just come around, give us our um, drinks. If he saw that we were low on drinks, he was always bringing them over. There was a little hot tub like area. There was two hot tubs like next to each other. And we just sat there the whole day. No crowds. Um, we met really nice people, too. And we actually still talked to some of them, too. So it's, awesome. it was a really nice, like almost like family atmosphere. We got to know yeah. those people. It was yeah. it was nice. And then um, they were bringing fruit around and little appetizers if you were hungry. They had nice cushioned chairs, and if you wanted a clamshell and you didn't want to be near people, you could just go over there, and you might have had to rent them. I'm not quite sure, but you didn't have to talk to anybody if you didn't want to. I so love there that. Was that. There was that option. Like yeah. The clamshells, every, nobody even knew that you were in there in, nice. unless you popped your head out. So Very cool. It was nice. Yeah. So what ports of call did you hit on this seven-night cruise? And give us a highlight from each one. We went to Puerto Rico, which was San Juan, and we just got off the boat. We walked around for a little bit, just saw all the shops, and our excursion started at 6.15 because it was a later dock. So we went to the Bioluminescent. I guess it was like a lake, and we kayaked through there in the mangroves, and it was so cool because the water literally did glow up blue Nice. Um, as you're splashing through um, the water, and it was just like out of this world. Awesome. And the guides were really nice. Everybody was really excited. We saw some people, it's not for people who are scared of the dark or, um, you know, they get like, uh, almost claustrophobic because the mangroves are really close to you and they Mm -hmm. did touch you at times. So we did see some people bail, but, um, it, once you got to that big lake, it was just beautiful. And they, they go over the history and why the water turns blue when you hit it. And it looks like a glow stick, honestly. It was so cool. So we didn't have dinner that night planned. So we just went to um, Oceans after. But that excursion actually ended at uh, 11.45. So it oh, was wow. pretty late. Yeah. Yeah. So one one thing would be probably the 
um, the guides, they were so factual and it was just a really nice time and very different, like no shore excursion I've ever done before. Our next port was St. John. We did dock in St. Thomas, but we, I love St. John. So we just took a catamaran over there. It's called a champagne uh, sail and snorkel. Mm -hmm. And we snorkeled, we saw turtles, we saw stingrays, we saw a shark actually too. And he was sleeping on the bottom of the sand and like the coral. It was amazing. That's probably my highlight. And then we got back on the boat, sailed all the way back to the ship with some music and has some champagne and rum punch. So we were we were good on that. <laughs> it was it was a nice time. Our next port was Tortola, so we went to Virgin Gorda baths. Um, we also snorkeled there as well, and we crawled in the baths and kind of got some nice pictures. And then there it kind of comes to a beach, and we just sat on the beach and relaxed and swam all the way back to the boat. So that was. I was really far, actually, um, snorkeling, but, it, you know, we're young, able bodies. We can do it. <laughs> so, and then our last port was Nassau, and we went to Blue Lagoon, which is like a cute little island, almost like a little resort, and we did the sea lion excursion. We loved seeing the sea lions. That was probably our highlight of the trip, was seeing our, our um sea lion was named Bonnie and uh-huh. she was so funny and she had such a personality. So we got to interact with them and then we just sat on the beach after and went back to the boat. Very cool. Sounds like you had a, an action packed day in every single port there. It's always, a uh, yeah, always good to hear you Nick, got off the ship and took great advantage of the time you had in ports. Yeah. Nick definitely said that we were very active and no more snorkeling. He's right. done with snorkeling <laughs> right now. Cause he kept drowning. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> but, fair enough. Oh, uh, so, so, so yeah, you make your way, fun. yeah, you make your way back to Port Miami. How was disembarkation? Oh, uh, so easy. Like compared to embarkation, it was a hundred times better. We did the um, walk off with our bags, got in a line, maybe sat there for two minutes, and then they were letting everybody off the boat. Maybe fifteen minutes it took to okay. get off. So we did have some breakfast before, but I. I do wish that we would have waited a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just worried with, you know, getting a plane and everything that day and check in that, you know, I didn't want to miss the plane, but it was also like four hours later. So gotcha. probably should have just stayed on the boat, <sighs> but earlier, the better or the late later, the better, but yeah. not in the middle because it's, it did start to get very packed. So yeah. I can't say that their disembarkment was good, but mine was very good. Any first-time tips to offer someone considering sailing Norwegian Breakaway? Definitely the Vibe Club is a must. If you want, you know, separation from the pool or you just want more of like a romantic setting and, you know, you know, you just want it to be you and your husband or you just want to have a more quiet pool area. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Schedule everything beforehand, definitely. It just makes it easier for you. It makes it less stressful because it is your vacation and you don't want to be stressed out waiting for a meal or that they didn't have, um, you know, the restaurant that you wanted to go to. So it just makes everything so much better. And I do that with my, um, Norwegian cruise line consultant and he makes it a million times better. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for y'all? Bonnie, the sea Mm -hmm. lion. She was awesome. The food was spectacular. They always do a really good job. 
the pre-cruise fun in Miami was amazing. And I just want you to know that if you do now, they're not like, um, actually promoting the flight for free, but when we went, they were, Mm -hmm. and if you ever want to fly in a few days earlier, it's only $25 to push it back. So we actually flew in two days before, um, the cruise. So it yeah, it wasn't that bad of a deal. And then we got to stay in Miami and have some fun there. Also, the cigar bar Nick wanted me to mention is amazing. So mm-hmm. in that little bar that's outside and inside the malt whiskey bar, mm-hmm. he loved that. So if you're a whiskey fan, go there. And yeah, I think that's it. Very good. I guess the big question, though, is did you actually stick to what you were saying on embarkation day and taking the stairs every single time? We did, yes. Awesome. We didn't want to at some <laughs> points, but, you know, it's... It was good exercise. We definitely, we felt like we should have gone to the gym even more or something because, you know, the the drink package is great, but we just, we felt very bloated after all of those (laughs) drinks and the food. And we definitely went on a diet after, but we did stick to the um, stairs and it was nice because it was fun us running up and down the stairs like little kids. Yeah, no, it's, I will say though, like when you're, you know, embarking from like in Nassau, you're embarking from basically deck zero or deck two or whatever. And if you're trying to get some yeah. food or up on 14 or whatever it is, 13, uh, I get a little winded when I get to probably yeah. 10 or 11. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But then you get to eat more, right? Yes, exactly. And there's only down <laughs> to go. So you don't have to do uh, yes. do much more. Uh, very good. Well, I want to ask you this. I've been asking this a lot lately of uh, recent guests. Um, when cruising resumes, do you see yourself cruising again once everything kind of, I guess we'll say, normalizes for the cruise industry? 100%. We did have a cruise booked October 25th. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that got canceled. So... I was looking, I need to use some of my PTO. And I was like, hey, you want to go on a cruise in April? And Nick was like, "Uh, yeah. So we have a cruise booked in April on the getaway. And we're hoping that everything goes back to normal. And or, you know, I'm not opposed to wearing a mask. Norwegian has always been one of the cleanest fleets that I've ever been on. Mm -hmm. They're always, uh, I don't know if you see the YouTube videos you know, where they're singing like yeah. washy washy. And I've never had a problem on a boat before with sickness. So yeah. I can say Norwegian's very clean. Very good. We've been talking with Madison about her seven night cruise aboard Norwegian Breakaway out of Port Miami. Madison, thank you so much for sharing this review. I sure appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Doug. It was nice talking to you. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got here, buddy. Ba 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 da ba da. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.